Hey everybody, welcome to the Imagine Paradise podcast. I am your pal, Levi. And uh, how was your week? How was your week? Um, We've been talking for two episodes now about awareness and some of that conversation has lent itself to uh, suggesting things like meditation. I don't know. Have you you been doing? How has your awareness been? How has your monkey mind been? Last week, we, we spent a lot of time talking about um, what a lot of spiritual teachers believe to be the start of enlightenment, the first step of enlightenment, which is beingness, which is awareness. Well, you know, I'm going to go back to this this week because I want to try to say it in as many different ways as I can because, you know, it's funny. As you and I are on this spiritual journey, sometimes it's just the way something is said that all of a sudden helps us understand and helps us lock in and be able to make an advancement in that area of our life. And I want to try to just reach back down deeper into this concept of enlightenment uh, and awareness and um, offer a little more a little, a little more perspective, right? So last week in the first step of enlightenment episode, uh, I spoke about how the mind is the, the big obstruction, the big obstacle to enlightenment in that our slavery to uh, compulsive thinking is the thing that is the disease that humanity, so many of us, suffer from. And it is that compulsive thinking that enslaves us during our workday. It enslaves us when we think we're alone with our loved ones, but we can't shut off our mind. It enslaves us in meditation. It enslaves us and we have become... I thought of an example, you know, you know my drug history, you know I've been in some dark and seedy places, and I was thinking about those moments where even I, <laughs> maybe I do this when I'm talking to myself too right now as a sober guy, but have you ever seen those people who may be using on the street, they're just like talking out loud to themselves, just going at it, right? Just talking to themselves. And I thought to myself, and I was beginning to think about these principles of, um, of the compulsive thinking mind and being a slave to the mind, uh, I was beginning to realize that you and I are no different from that. The disease of our mental compulsion, this constant, constant evaluation of, of problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution, we're no, we're, we're no different than that picture, that visual of someone who may be hyped up on some sort of drug on the street, rattling off to themselves. We do that in our mind all the time. I do that in my mind all the time. I know there are moments you do too. We're not exempt from it. None of us are exempt from it. The more I return to this concept, the more I realize this is the salvation of humanity, that if we can all just begin to have a conversation about this disease of compulsive thinking and the slavery to the mind that keeps us from connecting to the all that is, babe, that is the first step of enlightenment. That is the first step of enlightenment. Now, last week, I spent a lot of time trying to hook your attention to know more and to take more seriously this idea of no mind. And what I proposed to you is I tried to push a few pain points. I tried to really 
bring home those moments in the day where we are just mentally obsessed, where we are trying to be in our meditation, but we're having five arguments with people in our mind, or whether we're trying to relax while we're cooking dinner and disengage from the workday, but we're still having a conversation with our boss. This unnecessary problem, solution, problem, solution loop that continues to plague us. I wanted to push the pain point last week. But this week, I want to raise the bar. I want to raise the ceiling. I want to allow our vision to become a little broader, a little higher in regards to what enlightenment is. And I want you to consider for yourself your own ability to understand what may have just ever sounded just woo-woo to you, what also you may have thought was way too advanced for you, is this talk about beingness, this talk about a bliss <laughs> that is this, this undercurrent of joy mm, in your day, this undercurrent of joy in your day, this, this beingness that is just moving through the day moment to moment in bliss, in light, uh, in calm, in peace, in knowingness. That is the real benefit of us really pushing into this conversation of what enlightenment is and what is beingness and what is being free from the mental the mental slavery uh, uh, the, the 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 monkey mind oh, we we want to just not entertain the idea of freedom from the hell that that can be we need to know that you and I both are capable of much more than just being free we're capable of thriving spiritually we're capable of moving throughout the day, even in the most strenuous of days, in bliss. In bliss. There is a deep, unshakable peace. There is a, uh, uh, a joy that is rather radiant. And this is the true wealth of what beingness is. This is the true wealth of enlightenment. It's not just about the end of suffering the end of suffering. Now, the, the Buddha said, I believe it was the Buddha who said that he would express the idea of enlightenment as the end of suffering. And someone asked, well, what about the other side of this, right? What about being, you know, we, we talk about uh, this bliss, this radiant joy, right? And he goes, well, you know, he didn't want to, it is believed that some would say he didn't want to place a concept like God on that or some sort of achievement or something that we can attach ideas to. And, and some would say, if you're talking about God, why don't you just say it? Why don't you just say the word God? If you're saying, you know, you're, there's this, 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 this intelligence back of th all things, this radiant joy, this unshakable peace, and that there's this, this, this uh, oversoul that, um, is, is, is vibrating and breathing all of us as us individuals. Why don't you just say it? Well, the concept of God um, comes with a lot of baggage, right? Because we all, so many of us want to, uh, we, we don't have the freedom. You have people, you have people who have never even like witnessed the realm of the sacred, <laughs> yet they are all about God. 
You also have people who uh, who absolutely defy, de- deny God and want to be atheists when their concept of God is not experienced uh, as well. They argue against God when they have never really understood what God actually means. So uh, the word God is problematic, but there's one word that isn't problematic. There's one word that pretty much no one can take and engineer socially to the point where we've got a problem with it, and that is the word beingness. Beingness. So from now on in these episodes, when we're really leaning into awareness, when we're leaning into uh, no-mindness, I want to talk about beingness. Let's call it beingness. Let's call it beingness. And speaking of the oversoul, um, oftentimes when we're meditating and when we're thinking about this beingness, we're thinking about something out there, right? We're thinking about something in the ether, one of the most interesting things I think to think about in regards to beingness, it is not just beyond, it is within. Ooh, chew on this for a while. Really let this sink in. It's not just beyond. It's not like extending your consciousness into the cosmos, which I love, I do, and it's such a part of my visualization and meditation. But more and more recently, I've begun to draw my consciousness within deeper and deeper. How deep does it go within? That beingness is not just beyond us, it is within us. And this is why this should not feel like blissful living is this advanced thing that you're not um, capable of reaching. Because this beingness is within you, it is you, it is the essence of who you are. And I'm telling you, the moment that we can find that gap of space, that sacred silence in the day, it emerges. You'll be surprised that not only will you find the end of suffering, you will find a joy that fills your day, an undercurrent of unshakable peace that is what I like to call heaven. That's what I call heaven. That's why I say heaven is now, right? According to, to many spiritual teachers, we would all agree that, is, that the identification with the mind is the primary obstacle to enlightenment. With that, I think most spiritual teachers would say there's a value in a healthy mental activity. It's not that they are suggesting that we do not use our mind. They are suggesting that we begin to be aware when our mind uses us. When our mind uses us. When we don't when we have no choice in the matter anymore. See, just as dogs love to chew on a bone, the mind loves to take a problem and chew on it. But the question is, is the mind using you? Can you stop thinking whenever you want to? Can you? See, to really hone in on the problem, to make it vivid, to make it articulate, to make it something that you notice in your own life, think about it from the standpoint of possession. Many of us, our mind possesses us. We don't choose its activity. It chooses us, and we cannot shut it off when we want to. And there's nothing, it's, it's not much different than, you know, 
<laughs> watching The Exorcist <laughs> and seeing demon possession in front of you. We're not in control. We're not in control. And that's a problem. We may see that it's common in society these days, but it actually is a problem. It's not the ideal state. It is a disease, a disease of the mind. But here's where I want to leave you with a particular solution for the week, just something to think about, a challenge that you can take with you from this podcast and apply to your day, apply it to your journal entry, apply it however you want to remind yourself, little reminders on your phone. But I challenge you this week, first of all, in contrast to last week's podcast, I want you to think about the bliss that is inherently within you, that that beingness is deep within you, not just beyond you, and that you can create a quality of life in your day where there is just this low undercurrent of unshakable peace, of unshakable joy. That's that's just the truth of who you are. So, so stop thinking that that is sort of this advanced spiritual, you know, uh, a goal way out there that you can't attain. So in contrast to last week's episode, where we focused on the end of suffering, this week, I want you to consider the beginning of your heaven, the beginning of your paradise, and begin to see yourself as a candidate for someone who can create a mental and spiritual harmony that invites the sacred space so that you can feel that beingness within you and the beingness around you that unshakable peace, an undercurrent of joy throughout your day that says, yes, paradise is mine. Heaven is now. And in my beingness, I can feel the true essence of who I am. Yes? So it is, uh, it is yours to know. And this week, I want you to start thinking about what that looks like for you. And I challenge you to just simply do this. Watch the thinker. Watch the thinker. What does that mean? I want you to start listening to the voice inside of your head. Start listening to the voice inside of your head. And in addition to that, I want you to pay particular attention to the repetitive thoughts, the thoughts that continue to loop over and over. And I don't want you to judge it uh, because judgment is is the monkey mind slipping in the back door, right? Don't judge it as you see these thoughts come up, as you see the mental activity, as you take note of it, as you begin to take note of any sort of repetitive patterns. Don't judge it. Um, Allow it. Let it be. And just be the witnessing presence back of that thought. You see, as you become the witness to your thinking, You're beginning to identify as the consciousness back of these thoughts, as the awareness back of the problem-solution loop. What I'm trying to say, it it is a, a new dimension of consciousness comes in once you're able to be the witness of the thoughts, right? And that's what we want. A new consciousness will emerge. And as you disidentify with your compulsive thinking, the space that is created for you as the witness to that compulsive thinking, invites a new consciousness, allows you to tap into that space that we're going to get used to more and more because in that space, that beingness, we begin to to see the all that is, the oneness, the, the uh, that unshakable peace I was talking about, that bliss, 
began to reveal itself within your own natural being. You see, identification with the mind energizes the mind. To disidentify with the mind allows that energy to dissipate, making room for your own beingness to emerge, to be more palpable and tangible, to experience it a little bit easier. It also, it also just raises the energy field around your body and you will find that your body is not as exhausted because you're, you're not pulling from that with, with this constant identification with the incessant mental activity that wears you out by the end of the day. So it actually energizes your body as well to the more you can disidentify with the mind, the more you can sit and witness those thoughts. Watch the thinker. Watch the thinker. So this week, just remember that. Watch the thinker. Don't judge it. Allow them to float, like I said last week, like clouds across the sky. Observe them. Become the master observer. In that master observing position, a new consciousness emerges. You're no longer identifying with the mind. The momentum that is wrapped around that compulsive mental thinking begins to dissipate. Even the vibration of your energy body is more is more energized uh, because you're not dissipating that energy through through compulsive mental thinking. All of those things. Take those with you. Get curious. Get curious about them. And, you know, eventually this conversation is going to lead to meditation. And I am working on some daily meditations I'm going to be making available very soon. Uh, I'm thinking about just starting with a good 10-minute morning meditation, 10-minute afternoon meditation, 10-minute evening meditation, playing the music, and also guiding you through the meditation, not too talky, but getting you on the right foot so that you and I together have that 10-minute commitment in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes at night. So you're getting, you're giving yourself ample opportunity to just take a break, right? And become the watcher of the thinker, the observer of the thinker, to disassociate, to disidentify with the compulsive thinking mind so that that space is created, a new consciousness emerges, your frequency changes, and that beingness that is not just beyond you, but so deeply within you shines for you throughout the day. That's what I want. For myself, that's why I'm doing the work to remind myself of these principles and to get very deeply into med- meditation right now. And I want you to do the same. I don't want you to just haphazardly listen to this while you're getting to work in the morning and not sit down and consider what can you do to apply this? How can you bring this into whatever spiritual practice or religious practice that you have? Because regardless of how you identify religiously or spiritually, we all suffer from the same disease of compulsive thinking and it keeps us out of alignment of the oneness, the all that is, the infinite joy, the infinite bliss, the heaven is now. I want that for all of us. It is inherently within us, and it's not as hard as you think. It just takes attention and time. And start this week by watching the thinker. Become the observer of your thoughts. Allow that new consciousness to emerge as you choose to stop identifying with your mind. Hopefully that is helpful for you this week. I can't wait to have this conversation next week as well. Uh, Be blessed. I think we're probably going to have a couple of episodes um, that I've already taped. Uh, One that is an incredible conversation about a fella who is in recovery. And then I have a wonderful episode where I'm interviewing 
a mentor of mine, Beth Grant. Uh, I'll get those out to you uh, within a month or two, but we're going to continue this conversation about what is enlightenment and, and what is awareness and how to sink into that beingness and really become fully present in the moment. Uh, because I think that it is the greatest gift that we can give ourselves. It just is. So have a great week. You know, live this week with intention. Know that you are loved. Know that right where you are is perfect. Right where you are, there is an infinite wealth of wisdom waiting to emerge through you, to introduce itself to you, and to be expressed through you as you. Um, Please believe that. It's not just words. It's not just spiritualese or verbiage or woo-woo. Uh, we are all opening up like a lotus into something that is a greater, more fulfilling experience. And you're on that path. You wouldn't be here listening. Uh, and I want to encourage you and know that you are not alone and that the more of us that are on this path, please do not think for a second it does not impact the energy and the frequency of this planet. We're doing great work, not just within ourselves, but on this planet, for a planet who needs more of us, committed to vibrating as high as we possibly can. That could simply be your gift to this planet. And that's a very, very powerful gift. Namaste.